Thank you so much for your giving. Anybody excited to be in God's house today? Man, I'm excited that you're here. I'm going to jump right into the Word of God. Um, We kicked off a brand new series last week entitled Break the Box, and we spoke on the fact that God has given us a new playbook. And it's not that previous playbooks were bad or that they were off, but I believe that the Holy Spirit has given us an upgrade in this series. Um, in, our, in our playbook for 2023, we discuss the importance of finding what God is doing and then doing that. Uh, so important because uh, as God told the children of Israel, he said, you have not been this way before, so it's going to be imperative that you follow my presence. Um, and I believe that in this season that we're in, it's going to be imperative that we follow the presence of God like never before. Uh, it's going to be a year of breakthrough, but right here in the beginning, uh, I want to just warn some people that when you make a decision to go after God to a deeper level, to pursue Jesus at, at a greater uh, level in your life, when you make that decision, how many want to go deeper in 2023 in your walk with God? Anybody want to do that? Like when you, when you decide to do that, you need to know that all of hell is going to be throwing darts in your direction. Uh, there's going to be backlash in the spiritual realm anytime you make decisions to go to the next level in God. But I just want you to know it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Last week, there was three big ideas for this year. Healing was the first one. It's going to be a year of healing. We're going to continue to grow Uh, as it relates to operating in healing and seeing uh, those that are sick healed and touched by the presence and power of God. The second idea for this year was deliverance. Um, And we know that Jesus came to the earth to set the captive free. That's why he came. Everywhere he went, he would drive out demons. And the Bible says in Mark Mark's gospel, these signs shall follow those who believe. The first thing on the list is they will drive out demons. Uh, And so I want you to know this is going to be a house of deliverance. It's going to be a house where the captive, the addict, the the person who is bound, the person who is struggling, the one that is tormented, um, they can be set free by the presence and the power of God. And then finally, the big idea was discipleship that it's going to be a year uh, of of discipleship to the next level. We started in 2022, kind of got our feet wet uh, of being very intentional with the Compass class and all the things that we're doing um, to help people in their walk with God. We're going to continue that in 2023, and you say, well, why is that so important? It's important because discipleship fixes everything. Marriage problems, discipleship fixes it. Money problems, discipleship fixes it. Whatever it is going on in your life, if you'll, if you'll press in in your relationship with God, it will fix the issues in your life. And so today, since we're kicking off seven days of prayer and fasting, I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this thought, fasting for breakthrough. Fasting for breakthrough. Let's look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse number 17. It says, but when you fast, everybody say when. Notice he didn't say if you fast. He said, when you fast, anoint your head 
and wash your face. Now, I didn't take time in the first service to even go here, but I'm going to go here right now. Um, what, what's Jesus talking? He said, when, not if, when you fast. So he fully expected you and I to fast and pray, that it's a part of our discipleship journey. But he said, I want you to anoint your head. I want you to wash your face. In other words, don't walk around for the next seven days talking about how hungry you are. Take a shower, fix your hair, put on a nice outfit, and don't bellyache. Right? That's what he said. He said anoint your head, wash your face, uh, and move forward. For seven days, you're abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now, our human body was designed by God to be able to fast. Did you know that when you sleep, you are fasting? Some of you didn't know this, but you've been secretly fasting for years, right? You've been secretly fasting. Every time you sleep, whether it's six hours or seven hours, if you're like me, four hours, you are, I need eight hours. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen in the house right there? Um, but, but every time you, you sleep, you're fasting. That's why the first meal of the day is called what? Breakfast. Break fast. You're breaking your fast. So you have been fasting all your life, but some of us, I, I'm just encouraging you to take it to the next level and it not just be something that you can do while you're sleeping, but during the day you can push the plate back because fasting is abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. That's what fasting is. It's abstaining from food to seek God. Now let me give you... Um, a couple of points about fasting, then we're going to go real practical for like five minutes, and then we're going to come back, and it's going to be heavy to end, all right? So two points about fasting. Number one, fasting accelerates your spiritual life. It accelerates your spiritual life. Um, it's not starvation. It's not a diet. It's not a hunger strike. It's, it's not treatment for weight loss. Biblical fasting is abstaining from food, for a spiritual purpose. Diets focus on losing weight. Fasting focuses on God. I hope that the only thing uh, on your mind is not, I hope uh, to drop a few pounds. Might as well go ahead and eat and get fat. Right? That's not the reason. Come on, y'all, smile. You've had time this morning to wake up. Um, but, but I want you to know that it's, it, it's abstaining from the food for the purposes of seeking God. And all throughout Scripture, we see people like Daniel and Esther and Moses and David and Daniel, people that fasted, that sought God, that pushed the plate back so that they could seek the face of God. And Jesus said to his disciples regarding fasting, he says, when you fast, not if you fast, he assumed that we would willingly fast as his followers. How many of you understand that the Christian life is a life of, of you and I learning to be more selfless, not more selfish? Right? That's what the Christian life is. Take up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. Um, and that, that process can be painful, but we, we have, the, the Bible says to count the cost up front, that it's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. So fasting accelerates your spiritual life, and, and most Christians have their spiritual life hijacked by the flesh and by their soul. By their flesh and by their soul. Their, their mind, their will, and their emotions oftentimes hijack 
what God wants to do in the spiritual. But nothing gives the devil a black eye faster than you fasting and praying for a significant amount of time. Anybody believe that this week we're going to give the devil a couple of black eyes in the spirit? Anybody on board with that? All right. So it accelerates your spiritual life. Secondly, fasting, uh, it unhinders your spiritual life. Um, it creates a domino effect on the rest of the disciplines in your life. If you can get this fasting thing in order, that kind of discipline to push food away to seek God, you'll have no problem with a prayer life. You'll have no problem reading your Bible. You'll have Men, you'll have no problem being a great husband. You can get every discipline in your life. This fasting thing has a domino effect to all the parts of your life. And Jesus said when you fast, he said that the Father would reward you publicly. That when we fast and pray, there is a reward attached. When the motives are right, if the motives are, I'm going to seek God, I'm going to draw closer to God, I'm going to believe big in 2023, I'm going to, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would lead me at a greater, greater level in my life. If the motives are right, God says there is a reward attached to it. So when fasting, let me say this, it's important that, that you get in the Word of God, and that you pray. Um, if you're just going to fast and not get in the word and not pray, you're on a diet. So you got to get in the scripture. You got to get into the word of God. That's why I gave you the seven days, gave you something to focus on. And then all those verses was not to fill space on the card. I'm hoping that you'll give 10 to 15 minutes of your day to reading scripture. There is breakthrough connected to your ability to get into the Word of God and in, in a posture of prayer. Fasting creates forward momentum for our spiritual life, but it also unhinders our spiritual life. Now, the types of fasts are a full fast, which is basically liquid only, primarily water. There is the Daniel fast, which is you eat fruits and vegetables only. No meat, no sweets, anything like that. And then there's a partial fast where you could fast from sunup to 3 p.m. Now, if you choose the partial fast, I, I just want to encourage you that uh, it, from sunup to 3 p.m., if that's your fast, at 3 o'clock, let's not eat 13 pieces of pizza. Okay, like I'm making up for breakfast and lunch. Okay, let's, let's eat one sensible meal and call it a day. How many believe God's going to honor whatever fast we choose over the next seven days? How many? No, if you believe he's going to honor it, come on, let's give him a praise if you believe he's going to honor what we do for the next seven days. Now, here's some practicals. These are not on the screen, but I want to encourage you. This is just practical tips. Set a goal. Set a goal. No matter what type of fast you begin, you must have a reason, you must have a goal, and be specific. You should be able to answer the question, why am I fasting? Why am I doing this? Is it, do you, do you want to get closer to God? Um, do you want to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Do you need direction for a decision you're making? All of those things, marriage issues, financial issues, business um, opportunities. Um, God answers when we pray and fast. That's why PK said on the back of that Bible reading plan, before today's service is over, you need to have a minimum of three things that you're praying for. 
a minimum. You say, why is that so important? Because when you get to June and July and August and September, I want you to be able to pull that out of your Bible and say, look, look what the Lord has done. Look at what has already been answered, and I'm still believing that what's not been answered will be answered before the end of the year. But how are you going to know when to give God praise if you can't even remember what you prayed for I wonder how many prayers God actually answered that we didn't thank him for because we forgot about what we prayed for. <laughs> Write it down. Make some bullet points. Uh, so set a goal. Decide on the type of fast. There's three options, so decide on one of those. Um, the length of the fast is, has already been predetermined. We're doing seven days. Uh, set aside time each day to pray. Each day. You may have to be like, if you're like me, like, when I'm fasting, I have those moments where if, if, if y'all don't get out of my way, I'm going to eat a large pizza by myself. Right? You have those moments when the hunger hits, and it, let the hunger pangs, let that be what pushes you into time of prayer, into a time of the Word. That every time you feel hungry, like, oh, I'm just not going to do let that be a reminder. It's time to open up the Word. It's time to pray. It's, it's time to get focused on God. So set aside time each day. And then if you do a full fast for seven days, listen to me. Some of you, some of you are overachievers. Come on. Smile. You're overachievers. Some of you are just like, oh, full, full fast. I'm going to drink water. Bless God. I'm like John the Baptist. I'm going to do this. Um, when, when the seven days is up, please gradually reintroduce solid foods. If you don't, if you go seven days of fasting and then you decide to eat everything in sight, you're going to be calling me up saying, PC, you've about killed me. I need you to get down to the hospital and pray for me. All right, so you want to you gradually introduce. Now, if you fast for one day, you know, you can, you can go right back to regular eating. But in an extended period of time, you've got to be slow. Next, next Sunday, when we can eat again, some of you just need to be patient. All right? Eat a little bit, gradually grow into that. Those are some practical tips um, that I wanted you to get. Um, and the reason we're doing this, and the reason I'm pushing on this, um, the way that I am is because we've been talking for over a year that something is shifting at Bethesda Church. And I just want to let you know, it, it's not that something is shifting. Something has shifted. That what God wants to do in this season of this church, I believe that we are getting ready to see the supernatural power of God in ways that we have never seen before. As I stated last week, healing, deliverance, discipleship will be at the forefront, and we are going to break out of the box. Many things, many things are at stake in this season. For many of you, the truth is you feel stuck. I keep coming back to the word stuck. Even at our Christmas Eve candlelight service, I preached on people being stuck because I think there are a lot of Christians who love the Lord, but they feel that their life is stuck, that their spiritual life is not progressing any longer. And, and I just want to bring this to your attention. If you notice in your life that there are cycles of depression, cycles of anger, Cycles of frustration, cycles of hopelessness, of vis being visionless and passionless. When you see a continual cycle of negativity that keeps coming back around in your life, you need to pay attention because it's demonic.
It's demonic. The, the enemy will keep you in a cycle of the same thing. Yeah, I, I meet Christians all the time. They, they were set free from depression, but they end up in it again. Set free from, from something in their life, and then they end up in it, in it again. It's a cycle. And, and I want to go ahead and just say this, too. Um, in this season, it's going to be very important for you to love God and love his church. And you say, well, why, why do I need to love God and his church? Because there is a strong spiritual movement against what God has established as plan A. And that is the church. Did you know the only, the only plan God has for the world is the local church? There's not a plan B. And yet there are people who profess Jesus but hate the church. Or they want to talk about how the church didn't do this and the church didn't do that. Well, listen, if you're looking for the perfect church, the moment you walked through the doors, it was no longer perfect because you showed up. The moment I showed up, it was no longer perfect. The church is not supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to be powerful. And the same way you wouldn't be friends with someone who hated your spouse, listen to me, you can't hate his bride and think you're in relationship with him. Tweet that one. It don't work that way. You love him and you love his bride or you're not with him. Yeah, that's good preaching. Um, I'll move forward now. Let's get back to this fasting thing. Um, in Exodus chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. Now, if you remember the story of Moses, um, you know that he was raised in Egypt, in the comforts of Egypt, in the glory of Egypt, but he was moved by the suffering of his people, right? Uh, he was moved by their suffering. And so he attempted to deliver Israel, but he attempted it in his own strength. And he ended up killing an Egyptian. And when he killed the Egyptian, it put him on Pharaoh's most wanted list. So he had to, he, he started off like, I'm going to liberate God's people, but it ended up with him being on the run. He got burned trying to do the work of God in his own power, so he ended up running for it. I just want to encourage some people, we can't afford in 2023 to think we can do ministry, to think that we can have revival, to think we can cast out devils and heal the sick, and think we can do any of those things in our own strength. Because if we do it in our own strength, we're going to end up getting burned the same way Moses did. We're going to need the presence of God. And so he ran for his life, and he ended up getting married. He, had, he got a job. He had some kids. He settled down to a quiet, normal life. But something was missing in Moses' life. This is where many of you find yourselves this morning. It feels like something is missing. Because Moses was born to do more than just settle down to a quiet, normal life. God did not rescue him from crocodiles as an infant to only live and work in a desert. God did not allow him to be trained in the palace for him to spend his life wandering around with the sheep. 
And maybe you, like Moses, burned out by your service to God. You know you've got a greater destiny. You know you're called for more, but you feel stuck in this season. Perhaps you're tired of going around the same mountain over and over. You know I've got purpose. I've got anointing. I've got calling. But I feel like I'm wasting my life in passivity. And everything for Moses, though, it changed and something shifted in his life when on an ordinary day, the scripture we read in um, is it Exodus 3.1, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. Now, this, this stuck out to me this week because this was outside of Moses' routine. It was beyond the radius of what was usual to him. He went far beyond what was familiar. And there he met a fire. You guys know the story. He met a burning bush. And Moses encountered God once he got out of his routine. And there, in the presence of God, his insecurities were exposed. His calling was revealed. The power of God was released into his life, and he would never be the same. The burning bush became the turning point, not only for Moses, but for the entire nation. The disappointment of failing to deliver Israel in his own strength turned into a divine appointment which empowered him to go with the power of God and to deliver an enslaved nation. God's solution for burned out believers in this season is a burning bush. This burning bush sets burned out souls on fire for God. And this is just one thing. The burning bush is found outside of what is routine. It's found outside of what is familiar, outside of what is normal and predictable. Only there will you find that all-consuming fire. This fasting and prayer for many of you, this is you going far out into the wilderness. This is you breaking the rut of your routine, getting outside of the familiar. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to climb over some fences and face my fears. I'm ready to climb out of ruts and routines. I'm ready to go further than normal. I'm ready to experience God in a new way, but I got to be willing to get outside of my comfort zone so that I can can experience the fire of God in my life. You got to get out of the routine. You got to get out of the familiar, out of doing it the same old, same old way. When we come to fasting and prayer, what limitations, what limitations do you feel like God wants to break in your life during this fast? And I want to encourage some people who think, well, you know, I only fast when God tells me to or when the Holy Spirit leads me to. That's great. We should follow his leading when he leads us. But as a disciple of Jesus, did you know you don't need the Holy Ghost to lead you on a fast? It is a spiritual discipline that God expects. It is something that breaks. Listen, for some of you, this is going to be what breaks the routine enough for you to become spiritually sensitive to what God wants to say to you, to what God wants to show you. I believe for many of you, this is one of those seasons. It's not just the beginning of another year. I believe it's the mark of a new spiritual season, not only for our church, but for you spiritually. I believe this is an Isaiah 58 
kind of fast kind of moment. Isaiah 58, 6 says, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to break every yoke? Listen, it's not a coincidence. In a year when we are focused on discipleship, healing, and deliverance, there is a reason why you sense God inviting you to go on this journey, to be a part of this fast, because he's choosing for you and I to step out uh, into this season so that he can loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to break every yoke. How many are ready to break the box in 2023? I'm ready to break the box. Now, a couple more things. Jesus began his ministry with a fast. We've, we've spent time in years past talking about that. He fasted for 40 days as the Spirit led him into the wilderness. But I want you to notice what happened after the fast. In Matthew 4, verse 11, it says, Then the devil left him. Then the devil left him. Angels came and attended to him. In Luke 4, 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. If Jesus returned with power, I believe that we have a promise from his example that after an extended, uh, extended period of fasting and prayer, that there are going to be some devils leave. There's going to be some angels show up. And we're going we're gonna to walk in the authority and in the power that Jesus has called us to walk in. I think demons leaving is significant for our church in this season because we're about to ramp up on deliverance ministry. And I just want to say right here, deliverance ministry can get messy. Because the devil doesn't like to give up territory. But you have been given power. You have been given authority. It says these signs shall follow those that believe. Not those who preach. Not apostles. Not, not, not pastors. Not prophets. Not evangelists. Not teachers. He said those who believe will drive out demons. Now, here's another point for you. It's time to trade the bowl for the blessing. Trade the bowl for the blessing. If you remember the story in Genesis chapter 25, the story of Jacob and Esau, how that Esau tricked, or, or Jacob tricked Esau out of the inheritance, out of the blessing, all over a bowl of stew. It says in verse 34, it says, Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left, so Esau despised his birthright. And with this story, what you find is Jacob, who was known as the trickster, the schemer. He tricked his brother out of the inheritance with a bowl of soup. Now, let me just ask you guys, how many of you have ever been tricked before? Anybody ever been tricked? Like, you're like what do you mean by trick? Have you ever bought something from one of those infomercials you thought it was going to be life-changing? You stayed up till 2 in the morning, and you couldn't sleep, and you're, oh, I'm going to get that. That'll change my life. Only for it to arrive, and whatever it was didn't work. It didn't produce. I got one of these um, ab things one time where it just shakes you. I thought if I put that on and wear it, and it just shakes my stomach, that I'll get abs. 
How many know that ain't going to work? The reason they put it on late at night is because they need you to be, you know, have insomnia and be half crazy. So you'll buy that junk. But I was duped. I was tricked. No, no amount of shaking my belly was going to give me abs. I got to quit eating and get out there and move, right? And, and here's what happened with Jacob and Esau. What happened is, is that Esau traded his birthright, his inheritance, which meant that he was to receive double what his male brothers would get. He would get double what the rest of them got. But he gave it up. He gave that inheritance away all because in the moment he was hungry. I want you to notice, had Esau fasted, he would have got his inheritance. I wonder how many believers cannot access their inheritance because in the moment, in the, we have these moments where we feel urgent and our physical needs are more important than the spiritual blessing and we end up being temporarily satisfied but the end result is bitter because we want what we want now. And the Bible says when the blessing went to Jacob that in verse 34 of Genesis 27, it says, When Esau heard his father's words, this blessing, not, not over his life, but over his brother's life, he burst out with loud and, and, and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me too, my father. See, that soup was so tasty and satisfying for the moment, but the results were bitter. All Esau had to do was fast, and he would have gotten the blessing. The second thing with this last, last point, if you want to last, you must fast. Not only will this give you fire in the moment, but this, this will be the, the spark you need. This will ignite you, but this will also be fuel f for the future. If you want to walk in and enjoy your spiritual inheritance in God, you got to learn to bridle your physical appetites and tolerate hunger for his sake. It's a discipline. Esau needed to fast to maintain that birthright. Now, as the worship team comes, I'm going to wrap this up. How many of you are on Instagram? Raise your hand real high if you're on there. Come on, raise your hand real high if you're on Instagram. Okay, hands are going up. Now, check this out. Instagram is one of the most popular social networking sites. And there, is, there are over a billion monthly active users, okay? They're doing pretty well, right? And if you're on Instagram, you know that they released an update a while back that gave its users the option to follow someone, but at the same time, mute their stories and their posts. So you can follow someone, yet not see anything they post, not see any of their stories without them knowing it. In other words, you can follow them. It, it sends a message to that person that you're interested in them, but by muting them, you're simply not seeing anything they post. And some of you, you don't want to admit it because you're in church, but you're overjoyed by this incredible feature. Because here, here's the truth. You don't have the guts to hit unfollow, but you don't have the time and the patience to keep up with that person. So it's a good deal. They think I'm interested, I mute them, they don't know, I don't have to see it. As I was thinking about that, I think many believers 
follow Jesus the same way. Publicly, we claim to follow him, but privately, we mute his voice. We're professing Jesus, but we don't allow him to lead us, fill us, or change us. His voice in our life sometimes, we've simply hit the mute button. It's not that God isn't speaking, and it's not that God doesn't care. We've just decided ahead of time that we're going to ignore what God posts. We're just going to ignore it. Oh, I'm a follower of Jesus. I love, I go to church. But his voice in your life is on mute. I love Jesus. I profess him. I want to go to heaven. I just don't really want to hear what he's got to say as it pertains to leading my life. How do you know if you're in that zone? Well, you're probably the one saying um, fasting's too radical. Praying is boring. Reading the Bible, not that important. Serving in my church, too time-consuming. Have you noticed that when we mute his voice, we become lukewarm? And Jesus said something very, very strong. I would rather you be hot or completely cold, because if you are lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Do you know what's plaguing the world right now? A lukewarm church. Jesus, but I've muted his voice. I love the Lord, but I'm not letting him lead me. Fasting can reignite. Let me just say this. My prayer for you, and I hope you hear the heart behind the message. My prayer for you today is that in this moment, you'll look back over your life and you'll be able to say, I've never been more on fire for God than I am right now. That you won't be able to go back to a season and say, oh, we were just so on fire for God then. and Oh, we were just in love with Jesus and doing everything he called us to do and all we cared about was hearing God. And it was like years ago, I'm praying, my prayer is that in 2023, you'll say, I have never been more sensitive. I have never been more on fire. I have never been more in love with Jesus than I am right now. Right now. I've never been this fired up for Jesus. It may seem too radical for some. It may seem way out there for some. And it always seems radical and out there when you're lukewarm. It always, it don't, it don't take all that, Pastor. It just don't take all that. It's not what my Bible says. It says to count the cost up front. It says to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. It tells me it's going to cost me something. It's not some cheap prayer that I pray on a Sunday one time, and then I go back to living my life the way I want to live it. When the Bible says I come to Christ, I'm leaving my way to do it His way. I'm picking up my cross to follow Jesus. He gave everything for me. And in return, guess what? He requires I give him everything. That I give him everything. And this message seems radical to people who are lukewarm. They say, what, what, what? I just want to come to church. I just like the pretty songs. 
And I want PC to give me, you know, three points and a little poem and pat me on the butt on the way out. But I'm not a basketball coach. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm called by God to preach the gospel. That, that's my calling. I'm, and I don't, I honestly, I've never, never been more free right now. I told Karen yesterday, I said, I'm 45 years old. And I feel like I'm just now finding my voice. what God's called me to do. And it ain't cookie cutter. And I know it's going to be sacrificial. But listen to me. What would you give up? What would you say yes to if you knew it meant revival in your house? If it meant that your kids would get saved and fall in love with Jesus, if it meant that the one who's addicted to drugs that you work with would be set free, the person you know has been tormented by demons and they're fighting depression and anxiety and suicide, what, what would you give up if it meant all of those people could be set free and you could enjoy the presence of God? Listen, it's not that big a deal to push back the plate for seven days and say, God, do something brand new in me. Do something new in me that I've never experienced before. Let me hear your voice more clearly than I've ever heard it before. I believe 2023 is a break the box it's a beyond measure year. How many agree with that? Come on, stand to your feet. I'm going to quit right there. I'm going to quit. I had more, but I'm going to quit. I want us to bow our heads for just a minute. I'm going to do two altar calls. The first is for those that are not in relationship with Jesus. If you're in this place, you know there's sin in your life. You're not right with God. I'm not going to make this pretty either. The truth is you have to repent. You say, Pastor, I, I think you're talking to me. I know I need to repent for my sins. I need to get some things under the blood. I want to be right with God. I need to change my direction. That's repentance. I've been going this way. It's time to follow him. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say you're talking to me, Pastor. I'm, I'm ready to get it under the blood. I'm ready to repent. I'm ready to turn. Anyone at all? You say, that's me today. Anyone at all? Thank you for this hand. God bless you. God bless you. lifted say dear heavenly father i come to you in the name of jesus i'm a sinner i've committed sins i need a savior i can't save myself so i ask you jesus to save me i repent for all my sins and i choose to follow you thank you for saving me and changing me in jesus name Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise right there.
And I'm gonna ask y'all, can y'all follow instructions? I'm being for real. Can y'all follow instructions? At nine o'clock, they're very disobedient. Y'all know I'm playing, right? But they really didn't follow the instructions. Um, so I'm gonna give you some instructions with this fast. I know it's it's only seven days. It's a small sample size, guys. It's not. I remember when we did them for 21, and I'd be mad that people didn't give God all 21 days. And I get it. You're raising families. You're running businesses. You, you, I get. I'm I'm the same way. Like I'm just running, 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 running. And so seven days. I want you to. Pick the fast on that card, the covenant. I want you to sign it. And I'm, I'm going to give you a count of three in just a minute. I want you to bring it to the front if you're going to be a part of this fast, whether it's a partial, a Daniel, or a full, whatever it is. I want you to bring it to the front. I want you to just lay it on the platform. All We're going to use this whole platform. You say, why are we doing it? Because this is an action step. Okay, this is, this is just you saying, you know what? I'm not going to leave church and let the devil talk me out of something. I'm going to sign my name to something. I'm going to say yes to God. It, it's not going to be easy. I get it, but I'm, I'm saying yes to it. The second thing I want you to do is that I want you to bring your Bible uh, reading plan for those seven days. You're not going to lay it on the platform, but I do want you to bring it with you. Bring a pen from one of the seat backs in front of you. If you haven't jotted down two or three things that you're believing God for for 2023, I want you to take time to do that. And here, here's the instruction they disobeyed at night. I asked everybody to come forward, put the covenant on the platform, and then spend time with God. I know it's going to be tight, so I don't want you to come up here, throw yours on the, on the altar, and then run back to your chair, all right? I want you to come, and let's spend time in prayer and worship corporately together. How many of you all will get as close as you can and just hang out for one song? Okay, three of you. That's about what nine did. Yeah. All right. We're, we're, come on, hit your neighbor say, we're a work in progress. Worship team, get up, get ready, get ready. I, I want them to, to take us on in to the presence of God. One, two, three. Everybody, let's move. In the name of Jesus, let's move.